Well, greetings one and all. As I record this, it's, it's December. The year's rolling on, isn't it? I'm going to say something about Iraq. So, my favourite place, really. I have a great and deep and abiding love for Iraq. I sent a task to one of our interns, Hannah, to just check out the latest news on Iraq. And I thought I couldn't do better than just take her notes and expand on them because they're stunning, really, when you think about it, as to what's happened recently. Iraq and Saudi Arabia have opened the Arar border crossing for trade for the first time in 30 years. I mean, that means people and goods will be able to pass through Arar, which has been closed since Saddam Hussein's invasion of Kuwait. For our current Prime Minister, Mustafa al-Khadami, is on good terms with Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. And I guess Mohammed bin Salman is trying to do a few good deeds in view of the fact that we have a Biden presidency coming up. You know what Biden said about Saudi Arabia, didn't you? You you heard it in the debates, the presidential debates. Biden said he'd make Saudi Arabia pay for the Khashoggi killing. Uh, Khashoggi was a, I won't say a friend, but he was a strong acquaintance of mine. I knew the man knew him very well. My family knew him even better. I mean, my sister worked with him for years. My daughter, too. No, I know Khashoggi. No, he's dead. God rest his soul. Dead but not buried, and his ghost haunts the corridors of power. And Biden has, on record, just the other day, as saying he would stop arms sales to Saudi Arabia. I don't know that he will. I might, but certainly Saudi Arabia is trying to curry favor with the West, and the Iraq border crossing with Iraq is open. Big step. And here's another big issue for you, another less positive piece of news. You've had the good news, now we'll have the bad news, shall we? There's still 4,000 prisoners left on death row in Iraq. Now, who are these? How, how have we got 4,000 young men on death row in Iraq? Well, they're Daesh, aren't they? They're ISIS, Daesh. We're executing them at a rate of 20 a week. 21 men were executed last Friday. 21 young men were executed last Friday. 20 a week. The remaining 4,000 Daesh prisoners will take, well, you know, what's that? Uh, I guess we can we go on at the same rate. We're uh, about two years to execute them all. Two years. We'll get rid of the problem. I mean, we can't go out and execute 4,000 men all in one go. Somebody might accuse us of mass murder. But 20 men a week, easy peasy, lemon squeezy, isn't it? What are we going to do about Daesh? What about all those women and children in, in prison camps, concentration camps? What's a concentration camp? Explain to me, will you? Because I've driven up to them. I've seen them with my own eyes. I mean, I've seen a camp that contains women and children in little huts behind razor wire. What's that? Is that a concentration camp? What's a concentration camp? Don't get me wrong. It's not as bad as China, where you've got a million Uyghurs, a million and a half, perhaps, a slave laborer and a captain in camps. But it's a problem, and it's a problem that won't go away. I mean, it's not just an Iraq problem. It's northern Syria as well. They're not all in prison camps. Some are in refugee camp, but many, a substantial proportion are in prison camps. What are you going to do? about it. World, you hate Daesh. Of course you hate Daesh. Daesh is horrid, horrid, horrid. But is this policy not horrid, horrid, horrid? Is this how you, we, don't blame the Iraqis, is this how we meet evil? I mean, it's Britons and Americans advising the Iraqis as to how to handle this very difficult problem. And of course, Daesh is still around. A rocket attack on an oil refinery in northern Iraq just this week, just this week, just a couple of days ago. 
Uh, well, 29th of November, to be precise. There was a rocket attack on an oil refinery. Uh, nobody was killed, but it didn't help the oil refinery. And plenty of people are killed by Daesh. I mean, eight days ago in Salahuddin province, yeah, they Daesh bombed a car for some reason and then killed six Iraqi security officers that arrived on the scene. I, but these things happen weekly, don't they? Daesh is still around. I mean, I know what it's like to be attacked by Daesh. I was in an ambush with a master Hamley once, and we just barely escaped with the skin of our teeth. But So it's still there. What do you do about this? What are you going to do about this? What are you going to do about Daesh world? It just is, it just is too much. It's not gone away. What are we going to do about Sunni Arabs? It's just, just identify the power bases in Iraq, the big power figures. Muqtada Sada and his people, one Shiite power block, and you know how devoted the Sadrists are to their leaders. And then you have the head of the Hajj al-Shabi, Hadi al-Amri, and his people, Dark Eyes. Very fond of Hadi al-Amri, but I'm fond of a lot of guys that you wouldn't necessarily want your daughter to go out with. Hadi al-Amri, ruthless, some might say, ambitious, ultimately fated to become the next kingpin in Iraq. I, I like him. Anyway, he's another power figure. And then, of course, you have the Talibanis, to a less extent, and the old Barzanis in Kurdistan. These are power blocks, power figures. And then you have the Sunnis. Now, who is the figure in ascendancy in the Sunni world? Well, it's parliamentary speaker, the young man of the moment, Muhammad al-Halbusi. I mean, there's still the bad guys around. Former speaker, Osama al-Najafi. I know him well. Well, I know him anyway. Bless you, Osama. But good luck to you. And Ahmed al-Jabouri, he's on the rise, controversial parliamentarian. Him I know as well. A um, lot of rivalries in, in Sunni Iraq. I think we need to really promote Halbusi. He's a good guy, really. And what else have we got? Sunni Iraq has been disempowered for too long. Shiite Iraq, what's happening? You've had clashes again in Tahrir Square between Sadrists and anti-government protesters. Why the Sadrist movement clashing with anti-government protesters? Well, I guess because they want reform. And the current parliamentary reform, which he views as a way forward. Well, he would, wouldn't he? Because it means that he'll do rather better at the elections on June 6th, if the elections take place, the national elections on June 6th, 2021. I say, if the elections take place. I mean, the protests are quite serious. And these people, these things happen again and again. Six demonstrators were shot in Nasiriyah this week. Christian oh, rate, young men going out to demonstrate and it's getting shot. In the current clashes between the Sadrists and, and, and the anti-government protesters in Tahrir Square, about 60 people were wounded. These things, uh, I, I can't understand why, how people have the courage to go out and demonstrate and then get killed. But they do, repeatedly in Iraq, and it goes on and on and on. And, of course, the Sadrists are keen on the electoral reforms because they're very good at elections at the moment. They mobilize their people and do it very cleverly. They're like, they are like a military movement. I mean, I've been in Thara City, or Sada City as they call it these days. Thara, they used to call it under Baghdad, at election time. And nobody dares squeak anti-Sada. I mean, their posters up over the door of the election. Polling schools, you know, used for polling. Advertising Muqtada Sada, nobody would dare take an election. I, I suggested to one... Uh, school teacher that she should she was the in charge of a polling station that she should take down the poster for Sadr outside and she started she burst into tears. 
because she burst into tears because she was terrified being bullied by me into taking down a poster promoting Sutter. Not because of, but she was frightened. That's what I mean. Anyway, he is what he is. I mean, he has total loyalty. Uh, so he, his people do well in elections and may continue to do so. But I guess we can deal with that. But a lot of Iraqi parliamentarians think we can't deal with that. They passed the election law. Oh, yes, they passed the election law. So in theory, the wonderful Mustafa al-Khadami, Prime Minister Mustafa, will have his elections on June 6, 2021. But in practice, of course, they can stop it. The parliament can stop it. They stop it subtly. They stop it by not giving money to IHEC, the Iraq Higher Elections Council, IHEC. So if they don't give an IHEC budget, then, of course, the elections can't take place because there's no budget to have the elections. The Dutch gave about, what, about, uh, was it $3 million the other day for in support of Iraq to the United Nations in Iraq, the United Nations mission in Iraq to support their action, their work in the elections. Lucky UN mission. UN mission in Iraq has a very shabby history. It's done a lot of bad things. And, uh, oh, they'd be, they'd be angry now. It's me saying this, but they has, hasn't it? You've got to admit, unfortunately, it has a shady role. It's not just monitoring elections. It's also considers itself responsible for things like dealing with the disputed territories between Iraq. Iraqi Kurdistan and the rest all sorts of issues there I mean um, the UN has is well of course it's backed away from that role lately and it's needed there actually now um, I mean look what's going on in Sinjar the Sinjaris, uh, the Yazidis, and the Sunnis always hated one another. And these old hatreds have come back, and they're fighting one another again. I, I mean, I remember the Sunni shopkeepers in Sinjar. We went to buy sweets and cigarettes in Sinjar. They have these wonderful dates threaded on ropes that are just magnificent. Well, they're not dates, they're figs, aren't they? Sinjaris make these things. Anyway, you might buy this stuff from the Sunni shopkeepers, and you ask them about you ask them about politics, and they become like steel. And you see the hatred in their eyes. I mean, they hate. Oh, what to say about this? This really is deep and ingrained. It's disturbing. And the issues of the disputed territories won't go away. Poor Yazidis. I mean, there have been attacks on Christian and Yazidi-owned liquor stores across the camp. Cost Baghdad this week have been attacked attacked by uh, men with batons, and basically, shop owners pay protection to armed groups to stop their businesses being raided. That's how it works. So that's how the liquor stores keep going, and that's what it is. But but what? The situation in Iraq is situation in Iraq. I mean, we're just talking about the events of the week in Iraq. Kurdish journalist Shawan Amin Shurwani, editor-in-chief of Bashur, magazine that's critical of the Barzani family is in prison. He's been in prison for two months now. Why is he in prison? The, the government say he's been arrested because he's a threat to the security of the region. Oh, guys, I mean, you're trading on the fact that the incoming U.S. President Biden is pro-Kurdish, and he is massively pro-Kurdish. But be careful, he's anti-authoritarian. What's it, what's it worth? Why bother? Why not have freedom of the press? Why bother? I mean, you're such... You don't have to be frightened of a little criticism. Let's show on, show on he out of jail, for 
Goodness sake, you're bigger than that, Kurdistan. You're bigger than that. Surely you can respect basic human rights like freedom of expression. Yeah, I would have thought so. And meanwhile, the U.S. is set to reduce the numbers of its troops in Iraq to 2,500 by January the 12th. So there's a New Year's present for you. You think Biden's going to put them back up again? No, he's not. Well, I don't think he is. He's not going to roll back on that action by Donald Trump. A lot of Iraqis were gleeful about saying goodbye to Trump. Bye-bye, Trump. But... Um, don't be too sure that you're going to get lots of goodies out of the cookie jar with President Biden. No, the troop number's not going to go back up if that's what bothers you. I'm not sure it does. I mean, ostensibly, most of you want U.S. troops out of Iraq and Iranian troops out of Iraq. Iran's hold on Iraq is weakening fast. Do you think that Biden is going to strengthen Iran's hold on Iraq? No. Iran has behaved badly in Iraq. I mean, the shooting of the protesters has been sort of sanctioned by Iran. Iran was the savior of Iraq. After all, it was Iranian <laughs> Iranian troops that backed up the Haitian al-Shabi and the other militias in dealing with Daesh. But they're not the good guys anymore. Killing demonstrators is not. Oh, they didn't do it? Yes, they did. By default, they sanctioned it. It didn't stop it, and they were in a position to do so. So, Iran's influence, I mean, people are not going to forget this, you know. Iran's influences on the wane in Iraq. I don't think Iran has ever cared much about Iraq anyway. The place where, I mean, Hussein was killed in Iraq, wasn't he? It's, it's, it's blood-soaked land for Iranians. It is, well, it is, historically, I mean. So, so what? So what does this all boil down to? Well, Iraq, let me tell you now, let me tell you swiftly. Iran is losing its grip in Iraq. Daesh has not gone away in Iraq. What do we need? We need elections. We need elections that the Iraqi people can embrace with this new election law. And if this means people like the Sudrists do well, we have to bite that bullet, find other ways of controlling the Sudrists. In the West, we've never liked democracy in the Middle East because it produces results that irritate us. But we just have to bite that bullet and tolerate the results of the elections and encourage Mustafa al-Qadhami. He seems to be a good man. He knows what is right for Iraq. He's doing his best. We need to back him up. We need, actually, we have more influence than you think. We can get Ahish al-Shabi to support the passing of the the um, budget for the International Higher Elections Council. We can do that and get it through Parliament and ensure that elections take place on 6th of June. We can help Mustafa al-Qadhami. Mr. Biden can do that. Yeah, and, you know, um, and the little ones like Britain can help. They'll have to burden Biden alone. I mean, look, little little Holland has, has manned up to the plate, $3 million, or maybe more, I forget. But anyway, remote the election. So, I mean, Britain can do its bit. No, there's, things will move. Things will move if we help them move. And things will move in the right way. Iraq has big problems. Big problems as oil money ceases to flow, by and large. But, but then so does the whole Arab Middle East. But Iraq has a great future. If we let it have a good good future, and it can do. Down to us, really, to back the good ones, if we can. Yeah, Mustafa al-Khadami, Prime Minister of Iraq, is basically a good guy. Not perfect. He's made lots of promises he can't keep, offered people jobs he can't give them, that sort of thing. But we'll forgive him, shall we? And give him our support. I think we should. Times are wasting. We need elections on June the 6th in Iraq. But I'm rambling. As I record this, it's late. It's the small hours of the evening, and we need some hope. I'm hopeful. Hope you are too. God bless you. Bye.